and welcome once again to the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rubric Hour, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. I'm your announcer, Papa News of PapaNews.com in Omaha, Nebraska, and in just a moment, we'll be joined by our co-host, Tondraman Ali of TondraMan.com in Mission Viejo, California, and special co-host, Lady Muse of HouseOfSelfEmpowerment.com in Victorville, California. This week, we'll be joined by a special guest from the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, Catherine Ironwood of LuckyMojo.com in Forestville, California, bringing us today's topic on When Spells Go Bad. Afterwards, they'll take your calls and offer advice to address, ameliorate, and remediate your questions and problems about love, money, career, and spiritual protection using traditional African-American folk magic practices of hoodoo, conjure, or root work as divined and prescribed by the greatest spiritual hoodooists of our time. You can learn a lot just by listening, but if you're selected from among those who signed up at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and calls into the show, then you'll be on the air and receive a free consultation. We'll be going to the phones in just a moment, but first, let's catch up with our co-hosts, Conjurman Ali and Lady Muse. Conjurman Ali? Thank you, Papa Newt, for that wonderful introduction. Uh, so great to have you here uh, chatting amongst us and, and giving us that wonderful intro. Um, as you can tell by my voice, I am not Miss Cat. We have a very exciting treat for you today in which Miss Cat is actually taking off her hat as co-host or as, as host of the of the show and is going to be joining us as the guest. So this is going to be a kind of a rare moment in which we get to talk to her. She presents us with a topic. So it'll be a, a fun opportunity uh, to discuss with her and chat with her. We have a really interesting show ahead with a fascinating topic. Um, I was just mentioning to her uh, a few moments ago that uh, this topic is uh, literally the number one if not the number one, then at least one of the top anxieties that clients come to us with, and certainly something that we see in the forum a lot about what to do uh, when things go wrong. And we'll talk about that in just a second. But first, let's check in with everyone. Welcome to all of you who are listening to us live, who are joining to us, joining us in the chat room. Uh, it's always great to see some familiar faces. Uh, very excited to have you all here. Uh, and I'm excited to get this show going. So let's first check in with uh, Lady Muse, who has very graciously uh, accepted the very difficult task of stepping into the role of uh, co-host. She's stepping into the shoes of Miss Cat. Uh, and then we'll check with Miss Miss Cat herself as, as our guest. So Lady Muse, welcome. So glad to have you. You're a fan favorite and a regular here on the show. What's new in your neck of the woods? Well, hello, Conjurman Ali, and hello, everyone. Um... It is truly an honor again to be here, and uh, you know I always say it, it, nobody can fill Miss Cat shoes. Those are pretty big shoes to fill, but I am truly enjoying <laughs> <laughs> hanging out here with you as I always do. This is very exciting um, to uh, have Miss Cat as the guest. We get to ask lots of questions. That's really cool, um, and play mm. musical chairs. But out here, you know, we're getting ready for our grand opening celebration coming up on uh, November the first. And guess who's going to be here with us? Our guest, Miss Cat. Yes, she is. So oh, we are excited. Exciting. Yes, that Lucky Mojo is coming down and the elders and we are gonna have a just a good old fashioned good time. That's what we've been doing over here in this neck of the woods. 
Oh, that's very exciting and very apt timing. You said November 1st. Yes, the 1st through the 3rd. Yes. It starts at oh, 7 a.m. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, yes. that's very exciting. So this is an opportunity to meet all your favorites, to get a chance to meet you, to get a chance to meet uh, Miss Cat, And it looks like Deacon Millet will be there, too. So if you're, yes. if you're excited and you want to meet these people, head on out. Come on out to Victorville. That's right. We are uh, having a good time. Also, we have that $3 raffle going. So check us out on Facebook, uh, House of Self-Empowerment. Um, the, the raffle is $3, and you get a goodie basket, a success basket that's worth over $300. So we are excited to be giving away three of those baskets, one each day at 3 o'clock. PM Pacific. This is for the announcement on Facebook Live. We're going to be contacting you by phone, and uh, we are just excited about this this coming weekend on uh, November first at eleven o'clock. Nice. That's the ribbon cutting. Yes. Miss Cat said, please post the address uh, in the chat room so that we can uh, shout it out. And so uh, there's also a record of it for people who are interested. So if you're in the chat room, give us a quick a type, and if you could just share it verbally as well. Absolutely, absolutely. We will have that posted for everyone. Oh, wonderful. It looks like there's going to be three raffle baskets, baskets worth $300 each. That's super excited. So be sure to check that out uh, and, and visit. It's a chance to see your favorites live. I mean, so I, I joked that the first time I actually met everyone uh, at Lucky Mojo was, you know, I had known them for so long because I'd heard their voices. <laughs> But being able to finally actually put uh, faces to voices is a, is a fantastic thing. It's also a way of taking the digital and the virtual into the uh, the real world. So this is a very exciting. Uh, let's introduce our, our wonderful uh, guest, uh, Miss Cat, who is joining us. For those of you who are living under a rock uh, and don't know who Miss Cat is, uh, you're, you're <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. But she is the hostess of the wonderful Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour. She is the one who has founded the radio show and had been on it for, I mean, well over a decade at this point in time uh, with many iterations and many co-hosts. And I, I am just the latest, so I'm very honored and lucky to be uh, her partner in crime in this. She is uh, the person who I, as a historian, have credited with the resurgence uh, of Hoodoo Online in particular. While the tradition of hoodoo has always existed and has been a living tradition uh, among in the black community in Southern America uh, for, you know, passed down from family to family, we've definitely seen a resurgence of it online, new people coming to it and finding hoodoo uh, via various websites from the late 90s all the way through the 2000s. And Miss Cat can be accredited as one of the major voices there. Also known for a variety of fantastic books, um, in addition to the famed Green Bible that she's known for, Hoodoo Root and Herb Magic, she also has several books, The Art of Hoodoo Candle Magic, The Art of Making Mojos, Paper in My Shoe. Uh, she's recently done a series of kind of editing. She did this fantastic uh, uh, bringing about of the secret uh, magic of Marie Laveau, the black and white magic of Marie Laveau. So we're very excited to have her on joining us. Uh, as both, uh, you know, we usually talk about her with uh, talk with her about books. So it's kind of nice to have her join us and just present a topic for us that you know was very near and dear to our hearts at Root Workers and also for our clients. So welcome, Miss Cat. So glad to have you uh, join us this day as a guest. Thank you so much. 
Um, and I, I have to say, I'm so used to being a co-host. I've been frantically typing in the chat room, please say the address verbally. <laughs> yes. But, yes. So I'm gonna, before I introduce myself, i got to correct this just as if I were a host. Sorry, got to put my host shoes on for a moment. The address is 14335 Hesperia Road, Suite 115, Victorville, California, 92395. That is where the House of Self-Empowerment is. Thank you so much, Jack. (laughs) Yeah, well, you've got to publicize yourself, baby. You've got to. Um, I'm going to repeat that for all of those who just ran to go get your pencil. The House of Self-Empowerment grand opening November 1st at 14335 Hesperia Road, Suite 115, Victorville, California, 92395. It's in a, one of those little, um, I guess you could call them little um, shopping inlet mall type things with the tile top roof, mm, yeah. you know, Victorville, it's uh, California. And as you drive yep. on up, it will be on your right. If you drive well, in, you won't be able to miss it. And uh, you won't be able to miss it. It's a big, beautiful side, uh, sign and everything. All right. All right. So, <laughs> oh, perfect. Um, Thank you and very for those much of for you, that. Yeah, right. Well, I had to. I had to. Can't help it. i got to be a good hostess. All right. Now I'll be a guest. <laughs> Let's start first okay. with a little bit of a check-in with you. Before we start our actual topic, okay. let us know what's new in your neck of the woods. I'd like to know a little bit. We don't always get a peek behind the curtain. So what's new in, in the world of Cat Ironwood? Well, I've been um, spending time working on two books. Um, mm. I'm working on a revised reprint of The Guiding Light to Power and Success by Mikhail Strabo which is a, yeah. was originally a 48-page book, became a 64-page book. I'm making it a 96-page book. I've been working on that mm. for months. I'm also working still on a book on um, container, box, jar, bottle, and, you know, all kinds of um, bowl spells. Oh, I love it. Which I'm co-writing with Lara Rivera, who's also a member of AIR. And um, so, but right now I am calling in from Valley Spring, California, the town that if you go to Google, and type in Valley Spring, California, you will see a picture of a map off to the right if your screen is big enough. And the map shows that the town of Valley Spring looks like a heralding angel with a spear or pointing upward into the <laughs> northeast. It's very unusual. The whole town looks like a giant angel as seen from the sky. This a, is a so female cool. angel, I might add. Right before the call, yeah. I asked her, I was like, so where are you exactly? And she told me, and we Googled <laughs> it right then and there. And it, it, no yeah. joke, it does actually look like an angel, female angel pointing the spear. So go and check Valley Spring, California, and Google, and then click Google <laughs> yeah, Maps. It's, it's a sight to behold. It was just one of those moments like, huh, that's really interesting. It's really weird. <laughs> well, for, and the reason we're weird. up here, the, the reason we're up here is we are visiting – with uh, Nagashiva's um, family, and that's where they live. So I am speaking to you on a borrowed Samsung phone, uh, which I hope has enough of a charge to last the whole show, because otherwise (laughs) I'm SOL. And, uh, oh, we got a plug for Nagashiva. For the first time ever. Fingers crossed that we're sending you positive energy. (laughs) Right. 
for the first time ever, I am doing this show in the same room with Nagashiva. He could say hi right now. Hi. See? Um, <laughs> one Samsung phone between us. We each have our Mac um, books next, week, and we're we're crouched on a bed in a spare bedroom. Okay, so oh, that's how romantic it gets. This is what we call a live remote from the guest bedroom <laughs> in beautiful Valley I'm, Springs, I'm, California, the town. I'm, visu- I'm, I'm visualizing <laughs> so, this all in my head. It's too good. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty crazy, <laughs> man. Um, and uh, so that's it for me. I haven't been doing much else. Uh, we're going back home, um, you know, after the weekend. We'll be going home and going back to work. Well, safe travels, and we, we hope you have lots of fun. And very much looking forward to the uh, upcoming books that I, I just mentioned in the chat. I'm a big fan of uh, Jar Spells, so I'm very much looking forward to it. Um, let's let's dive into our topic. We have a really fascinating panel discussion for you today. Um, whenever we start off, the, the name of the panel is, is When Spells Go Wrong or When Magic Goes Wrong. And what do we mean by that? Well, there's a kind of variety of different things we can talk about here, and we're going to have Kat uh, guide us through this conversation. But just briefly as a sort of introduction, whenever people kind of enter into magic and they generally come from it as uh, newcomers, people that don't grow up with a cultural tradition of magic or spirituality, that is that they don't grow up in a tradition that teaches them how to pray, that teaches them how to you know, heal, that doesn't teach them how to uh, you know, appeal to God or whatnot. They generally come at it with a great deal of anxiety. What happens if spells rebound? And is there a law of three? And, and what happens about this? And so there's a lot of fear about it. Um, and in particular, when spells don't go right, what happens when things just go wrong? And the reality is that while most of the kind of anxieties about other stuff is partly fiction, partly just, you know, anxiety that you find online, it is true that magic sometimes actually goes wrong, that things fail, that it just doesn't work out, and there's a variety of different reasons for it. Magic, as great as it is, the best of magicians and hoodoo doctors and, and root workers will still have times where things just don't work. When the candles don't manifest, when the prayers aren't heard, or maybe the prayers are heard, heard and they uh, receive the answer, no. So there's a variety of w- ways in which things can go wrong and bad. Now, that said, that doesn't mean you should have all sorts of fear and anxiety about doing magical work. You know, things are all – this is just a way of kind of allaying the fact that, yes, these things go wrong. And there's, you know, things you can do about it. And Miss Kat's actually going to come back at the end of the show with a free spell that's actually a little bit different. Not just a spell, but an actual set of instructions for what to do when something kind of goes off and, and how to kind of address it. So with that introduction, let's turn this over to Miss Kat and uh, have her guide us over this conversation of what happens when magic goes bad. All right. Well, I want to start with the topic of work at the altar, because if you all Mm. read the Lucky Mojo forum at forum.luckymojo.com, you'll see that there is a section in there about um, altar work, and there's also a section about pets. And um, there's a section in there about pets messed with my altar. There are also children messed with my altar, And this is something that can uh, stop newcomers to magic in their tracks. They take it as a sign. Um, 
in our little pictures for this show, if you are looking at it at Facebook or at Blog Talk Radio, the first picture I have up is um, a pair of cats, a black cat and a Siamese cat, on a little coffee table with a glass of water between them. And you just know what's going to happen. One of those cats is going to reach off and knock that glass of water off, and that's the end of it. And it'll break. <laughs> this happens. Uh, people's pets often go onto the altar, knock things off. Especially if you're putting out offerings that might be food. You know, your your Labrador retriever might just say, oh, cantaloupe, I'll eat that. And so these things are common, but to newcomers to magic, they're often taken as a sign that um, that the spell is damaged, broken, that God does not approve the spell, that you are cursed. I mean, they can take it all the way down to I will die tomorrow if, if, they, if they go down that rabbit hole. Mm. Um, but in some cultures, that is not the case. In in most cultures where where offerings are made or where magic is done, if something, if a piece of food is eaten by an animal, it's just considered the animal is accepting the blessing. You don't get yeah, mad at yeah. the animal. Um, you can prevent it. I mean, don't leave sugar out for the ants. I mean, because, you know, that's a lot of blessing. Huh? Too many ants, you know. But um, one of the things about um, putting altars on high is, that's why altar means, it's from alta, which means high. One reason people mm-hmm. often put altars on high is they have pets in the house. In uh, places where altars are put on the ground, it's usual not to let pets around them. So that's something that can easily be avoided. But if it happens, you have to accept it as a blessing. If, um, mm-hmm. if when, my, when I was growing up, my, uh, my evil stepfather was a uh, chef and he used to say if a piece of food dropped to the ground and he would quickly pick it up and put it back into what he was doing he would say ah the kiss of the ballerina and he would make a sort of a ballerina scooping gesture as he <laughs> got the drop whatever it was um, so I've adopted that in cooking and I've also adopted it in altar work so that's mm. part one the, the altar work that goes wrong because a, a child comes in now if a child comes in and blows out your candles, you're now going to a new level. That's your candles got blown out. Mm-hmm. Very rare that yeah. a cat would blow out your candles or a dog, but a child might. Also, a nosy roommate might blow out your candles. Mm-hmm. And again, those who are new to this work often will take it as a sign that the roommate or the child is disapproving of the work or that God is using the child or the roommate, to stop you from doing the work. But those who do this kind of work on a regular basis don't usually perceive it that way, although that is a much more serious problem um, yes. to most people than if a cat knocks over a water glass. Um, mm-hmm. If if your candles go out and won't light, it can be taken and is generally taken as a sign upon the work. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the show, I'll give you some ways to um, come back from that kind of a, of a damaging moment. But mm-hmm. the first thing to notice if your candles go out is what caused it. And I'm not saying mm-hmm. to reduce it to mere loss of physics. Oh, it was a breeze. Oh, someone opened the door. It mm-hmm. was a breeze. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, that was bad wax. That was a bad candle. Don't jump to a physical explanation of something spiritual. 
um, mm-hmm. as the first thing. Look at it spiritually first. Why did I light this candle? What did I want? What's mm-hmm. Why did this candle go out? At, and most importantly, at what moment did it go out? Did this candle mm-hmm. go out when I said, um, I pray to God um, that Johnny may love me? Poof, candle goes out. Or did the candle go out when I say, I pray that Johnny may love me, and I ask this in the name of St. Martha, and it goes out. Mm, right? Different mm-hmm, means. Because mm, St. Martha yes. may not want to work with you. And in the first one, Johnny may not want to hear the spell. So you have to notice things about when a candle goes out. If you're burning a vigil candle, and it has a label, and the label has words on it, and the candle catches um, fire because the wick is off center. Now, of course, you can fix that with a candle tool, but let's say you don't get to it in time, and the, um, the the wick is so close to the glass that it burns the paper label, and words mm-hmm. are burned or pictures are burned. Um, that is a sign, and you want to know what those words were. For instance, if yes. the word truth is burned out, you know that there's some untruth. If um, if the word blessing is burned out, you know there's a lack of blessing. If a picture, like if you've glued a person's photo and their eyeballs burn out, well, they don't want to see what you're doing, and that spell is probably not going to work on them very well. Sometimes when spells go wrong, it really is a sign that that thing is not going to go. Uh, the candle may explode, and um, that brings up fire safety, and I want to touch on that lightly mm-hmm. But everybody who uses candles doesn't know about fire safety. And at the Lucky Mojo Forum, are constant new people. I, the glass plate that I put the candle on broke. What does it mean? The, the, the chinaware plate on which I put the candle broke. What does it mean? Well, it means that you were dumb. It means you used um, a, something that heat uh, would affect and it would break. And you're lucky mm-hmm. you didn't set your house on fire and kill your whole family. You're very, very mm-hmm. lucky. Um, so don't be burning candles on uh, directly on a glass plate without a candle stand. Or don't be burning them on a chinaware plate without a little candle stand. Unless, unless you are watching or unless the item that you're using is such that you know it to be fire safe. I prefer metal plates. You can use those brass plates. Um, stainless steel, whatever you like. Um, but please don't think that if the, if the candle cracks your plate that it's something is wrong with your spell because actually all that's wrong is that you used the wrong item and that's it. Mm-hmm. So that's a newbie mistake. Okay, so the um, next thing yeah. that I would say mm-hmm. about um, spells going wrong is when... Um, offerings are left too long. Flies are attracted. Mm-hmm. Things yes. rot. Um, that's a sign of your work. That's not a sign from God. That's a sign of your mm-hmm. inability to handle your own work. You, mm-hmm. you don't. You're not familiar with the laws of oxidation. I don't know. Something's wrong. And um, but it shows. To me, when someone says, oh, yes, and I put out this fabulous offering and I put out these strawberries, which I had cut open and sprinkled with sugar, and then I drizzled chocolate over it, and it was for love, and then I went back and they were all rotten and there were fruit flies all over them. What does it mean, Miss Cat? 
um, what it means is you blew it. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, uh, and you're just basically going to have to do that spell over because nobody, no spirit, no person, no lover wants rotten strawberries with fruit flies all over them. So mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Another, another way that spells go wrong is um, when you suddenly forget a prayer that you were going to say. You've said uh, yes. uh, Psalms twenty. You've said Psalms twenty three a hundred and twenty five times. Mm-hmm. You know it by heart. Suddenly you freeze up in the middle of it. What does it mm-hmm. mean? What does it mean when you can't say the prayer? Does it mean that God hates you? Well, I would stop. It doesn't usually mean God hates you. God's pretty tolerant. I would um, stop for a moment and figure out what was the word I stumbled on. What was mm, yes. the word I stumbled on? It's similar to on the vigil candle, on the glass. What's the word that got burned out? If I can't yeah. say the word, you know, that Johnny may love me, and I on the word love I go, that Johnny may care for me, I've I got a problem, mm-hmm. and I need to rethink my spell. I need to go all the way back. Now, I know that you've all had some of these things happen, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think you did a really fantastic. Yeah, you're doing a fantastic rundown here of of like breaking each one of these down and really looking for it. Something I want to just really briefly say here is that when you talk about, for example, that you should pause and consider why something has happened, and never to just simply go, "Oh, it was you know random." I was once told everything is a sign, but not every sign means the sky is falling down. And that's how I approach (laughs) about this, right? Is that you should recognize, let's say things go wrong because, you know, you were forgetful. And I think your cooking analogy here is, is right on the money because a lot of magic is like cooking, right? And you go in with a recipe and things go wrong because you're frazzled, because your timing is off, because you're, like, you're, you're thinking about 10 different things and you forgot about that. Well, that tells you something. It means, hold on, you're not in the right state for magic. Your mind is not in the right state. Your spirit isn't in the right state. And that tells you something. That doesn't mean, oh, shit, you've poisoned the food and now you're going to die. It just means you burned whatever it was that you made, and you've got to start over. That's what it means. And so there, it is important to recognize that take what, what, you, what, you're, what we're saying, looking at here is taking stock, spiritually going, okay, why did that thing happen, and what does it mean, and how do I go forward from here? And that's the kind of best approach without immediately going to either extreme. Oh, it was just the breeze. Oh, it was just my cat, right? Well, that means something, nor does it mean the exact extreme opposites like oh it's clearly a sign this is that's it i've got to give up magic it's a sign that i've summoned the devil or something so you've got to be able to negotiate that kind of that 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 place in which you're able to take stock spiritually miss uh i wanted to to reach out to you lady muse i mean she miss cat really gave us a fantastic rundown um is this kind of your approach do you have a different perspective on 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 this type of work and when things just go wrong what do you tell clients, or how do you do it in your work? Okay. Well, I, I totally agree with everything that uh, Ms. Cat uh, was saying, and including what you were saying as well, Akonjaman Ali, as far as misinterpretation of the signs. A lot of times when people are new, they do misinterpret the sign. They think that, oh, if this happened or, or, or the glass broke or this and that, it's a bad omen, you know, versus uh, fire safety and, and sticking to 
you know, sticking to the rules. You know, they kind of look a little bit too far into what's going on versus what uh, they may have uh, done wrong and being focused on what it is that they're trying to do. Now, I do know that there are many different reasons that a ritual doesn't work or things can go bad, you know, such as timing and clutter, you know, no strategy, you know, um, if, if we go with to timing, when did you do the ritual? Was, you know, the moon waxing? Was it waning? All of these things play an important factor when uh, you're putting something together. Was it void of course? You know, was it uh, what planetary uh, hour that did you do it in? You know, it, it's, it's more to it than just mm. what's on the surface. You understand? And mm-hmm. so one thing that I, I wanted to touch on that Miss Cat was talking about and, and yourself is when the candle blows out, you know, if it's if it's done mm-hmm. by a person or if it's done, you know, or if it goes out on its own after you uh, recited your incantation, um, sometimes you got to divine on is there, are there forces combating your work? Like she was saying, well, uh, I want Johnny to love me. Okay, well, perhaps Johnny have some sort of protection around him where, you know, you can, he's not easily persuaded. You understand? So there could be forces combating the work. There could be um, forces mm-hmm. that don't want to see the union come together, you know, as far as what mm. you're asking. So these, these things all have to be considered, and that goes to in the beginning when you start the work. Clearing the path, mm-hmm. getting rid of the clutter, you know, um, from uh, any any type of hindrances or, or blockages that may prevent the work, your spell, from working. I got to jump in here. I, I do have to jump in here. You said uh, some very good things about timing. This is really mm-hmm. true. Um, if you try to undertake a, a spell, let's say a spell for money getting, while, mm-hmm. you know, Saturn and Neptune are conjunct on your sun, you probably won't mm-hmm. really do very well. Or or if your Jupiter has just, you know, Jupiter has just turned retrograde and transiting mm-hmm. Saturn is over. You know, I mean, it's just, it's it's messy and it won't work. So you do have to pay attention to timing. Sometimes spells do go bad, and she is so right. They go bad because of larger cosmic forces that have nothing to do. These are forces that I call mm. between God and me. These are right. forces mm-hmm. of the weather, the the um, the astrological weather, the timing on in the, the moon, for instance. Those things also can have an effect. And then you said something else very good. A protected person is difficult to do spells on. And there are many oh, yeah. people who are protected against any kind of spell work. I have run into cases where a young man can't fall in love because his mother put too strong a protection on him mm-hmm. that he would always love mm-hmm. his mother and never leave the family. Mm-hmm. And it was mm-hmm. a good intention on her part. She didn't want him running in the streets, but now he can't love anybody but his mom. And that's a problem. Mm-hmm. So then you have to come come up with why did this spell break down and divining it. It's not, it, that's not mm-hmm. your first go-to guess. Usually your guess is he doesn't love me. He's got somebody else. But no, it might be that he's protected. And I yeah. think that you said something really wise about divining what goes wrong. If you can't just understand it directly, a pendulum yeah. is a good way to divine. Just start asking questions with the pendulum. Yeah, just yeah. like put the pendulum Absolutely. over the candle that went out and just and just say, you know, you know your yes, you know your no, you know your everything, how you do your pendulum. And mm-hmm. then you say, um, 
did this pendulum go out for merely physical reasons? It'll say yes or no. Did this pendulum go out? Be, uh, did this candle go out? Um, did this candle go out for physical reasons? Yes or no? Did this candle go out because I asked the wrong thing? Did this candle go out right. because this yeah. person is rejecting me? Did this candle go out because it's the wrong time? You just ask each question one after another, yes mm-hmm. or no, and you'll find where it go- where you get your answers. Brilliant, and thank you, Lady Muse. Yeah, I mean, this, this is, is, this is super important. Is that <laughs> whether what I always tell clients that when it comes to timing, and it's not just astrological timing, Timing can also refer to where you are in your life. If you're frazzled running around, you've got a nine-to-five job, and you're starting your work, your magical work at one in the morning, you've got to get, you know, like, all that is also timing, right? There's astrological timing, then there's your life timing, there's just spiritual timing. Uh, I tell clients that it's, it's the difference between paddling against the current versus paddling with the current. I think that you right. once wonderfully, once Miss Cat wonderfully put it as trying to barbecue in the rain. You can do it. But you know, the weather is not cooperating. And I think that's a really good right. way uh, of putting it. But this stuff doesn't just happen in the in the altar room. Um, for, uh, it can also happen when you're doing other types of work. If you are, and this is very important, if you let's say your candles are going out, that can be a sign that you might need to take a different approach. Maybe candle work isn't the right approach to this particular situation. Uh, maybe you need more contact work or you need to do jar work or you need to do doll baby work. That's another thing to bear in mind is to be adjustable. Be able to go, okay, maybe I need to adjust where, and this is where divination comes in handy. But you can also run into problems there. People who lay out powders that get caught. Now, I don't want to overemphasize this because as it is, laying out powders brings up like the worst anxiety for people. I can't, I can't do that. There's no way I can do that. And it's like, no, yes, you can. Yes. It's not a, nearly as scary as you think it is. I've been laying out powders my, my entire life practically. I've never had an issue. Uh, so, yes, you can do it if you're smart about it. But it is also an indication that things go wrong. Let's say you go to lay out powders and your car won't start or you get lost along the way or you spill your powders. Mm-hmm. Those are also signs mm-hmm. along the way. You go out there and you're ready to, to you know, goofer somebody and suddenly you spill all the goofer dust in your car. Okay, that should tell you something, <laughs> right? That should tell you something. Did it, did it spill because you had a tear in the bag or because your hands are shaking or is it something else? But regardless, both of those are signs. If it spills because you fumble it, well, maybe you're not in a strong enough place to goofer anybody. Right? Right, you know, right. You don't have that, right. that conviction needed to call down God's righteous fury, or maybe they're protected. <laughs> yes. Right? Wouldn't you, wouldn't, yeah, don't yeah. you experience right. the same type of blockages and things going wrong outside of the altar room? Mm-hmm. That's right. That's really what, what you said is so true about powders. So many people are afraid of laying down powders. They really think they're going to get caught. They become anxious. The other thing that people are very anxious about is going to a graveyard to collect graveyard dirt. They're afraid they're going to get arrested or caught or somehow embarrassed or shamed. And um, because of that, they won't do the work. And um, But then there's an interesting thing that also happens about spells going wrong. And this comes up sometimes when people turn in their homework for my correspondence course. They're supposed to turn Mm -hmm. in graveyard dirt and show how they tell how they collected it. Uh, very mm-hmm. often people go to the graveyard, and I had one just this month was turned in. Um, they wanted mm-hmm. to go and find the graveyard dirt of someone whom they knew were buried where they lived, 
who was famous, 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 and they wanted to get this famous graveyard dirt, and they searched for hours and couldn't find the grave. They asked the people mm. who ran the cemetery. They didn't know where it was. They were going to come back the next day. And then suddenly they they walked by another grave, and that other grave, that you know, was kind of like the hand waves and says, hi, I, you know, come see me instead. And they instead mm-hmm. looked up mm-hmm. with a different spirit. So that could be interpreted as my plan went wrong. But obviously the famous person's grave was hidden. I'm sure if the next time they go by, they'll have a map and it'll be right there. But but yeah. they weren't meant oh, yeah. to. They weren't meant to find mm-hmm. that grave. They found the grave of someone else who was willing to work with them, who was friendly, cooperative, and helpful. So sometimes we try to force something. We try to force a oh, spell yeah. um, or a piece of work to go a certain way, and it doesn't, and it might be for the good. I'll tell you another one that I have seen um, go wrong. People have told me that they put um, spell work in, at their job site and get caught, so get caught. Mm. They're afraid of that. Oh. Um, and I tell them, if that happened to me, that would be usually a sign that the people there, some of them, one of them, more of them are magic workers, and they have their own mm. radar up. Uh, you oh. could do a pendulum divination or a card divination on it, but very likely, if you Just to give an example, and this was, again, a client of mine. She made a potted plant spell with lucky bamboo, and she took it to her job, you know, and somebody walked in within five minutes and said, oh, you've got a lucky bamboo. Did you bury some gold coins under that? Are you trying to get a raise? And she went, oh, my God, you know, she's been discovered. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. Now, the good part, that was a good spell, and the good part was she became friends with that person because she said, oh, Yes, I did. Do you oh, do that too? Ending. Oh, yes, I do it too. Uh, they connected. But what if yeah. it was? Yeah, because they they nicked, they fit together. But what if it had been a a, a more hostile spell, and someone had found it out? Yeah. Well, that's a sign. Maybe you should go to another way. And what you said goes to methodology, and this is something so yes. important. Candle spells are not the be all and end all. There are bottle, jar, and box spells. There are food spells. There are personal contact spells, uh, spells that include bathing, spells that include wearing a charm or talisman or mojo bag. If you, if the way you're working isn't working, try another way. And I don't mean another candle spell. I mean another way, another method. Because methods right. themselves mm. carry their own way of a being. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's so true. So true. I, I and the fortune of this really quickly about the um, the powders and the anxiety, if you don't mind, Conjure Man. Um, you know, Please. you're right. A lot of people have, especially if they have something going on on the job or something like that. But what I find that a lot of clients make the mistake is they forget that less is best. You don't have to take the whole packet of powder. All you need is a pinch to throw down. That's all you need is a pinch. Mm-hmm. You don't have to make a, a big line of powder for someone to walk across. No, yeah, of course you got to get caught. You know, all you need just a pinch, and you'll be just fine. If everybody can remember less is best, everybody will be okay. It don't have to mm-hmm. be anxiety when it comes to throwing it. Go ahead. Well, and this I, is, I think, partly comes down to experience. Yeah. I also recommend you mix any powders with local dirt um, yes. because um, – that that cuts the color down um, yeah. 
And um, people always ask me, well, why don't you mix them with dirt before you mail them out? Because I don't know what color your dirt is, honey. You got, you know, you got red clay, you have got white sand. I don't know. So you want to mix it with local dirt, um, and that will also help. Another way that works very well is blowing. Put a little bit of powder on your palm yeah. of your hand, and just poof, blow it. And it's very yeah, light absolutely. that way. Um, this, now this, another thing that people people worry about with spells going wrong. Let's say they want to do an attraction spell. So they're going to put on some high-scented um, perfumed oil or perfume to attract somebody. And the person says, oh, boy, you put on a lot of that smell. Well, duh, cut it with some carrier oil, um, mm-hmm. which can be any kind of carrier oil, uh, to lighten the scent. Um, there, There's no point in making yourself too obvious and, you know, right. cutting yourself from head to foot with six different love oils you'll really smell a lot. And so you want to gentle that out a little bit with some carrier oil. Just a simple well, see, thing. A lot of, but people get so yeah, frightened of, because then they say, oh, I was found out. They go, I was found out. They knew right, I was wearing these loves. Right. Now what am I going to do? Well, just cut it down with carrier oil. Right. And then so much of this is tied so much to experience, right? Like, again, it goes back to the metaphor of cooking. The first time you cook something, you're so nervous, you don't know what you're doing. And then eventually you develop this, like, I know exactly, I can eyeball how much cinnamon I need. And you develop a sort of hand for it. And it's the same thing with spell work. The first time you do it, you are a little anxious. And so you don't know, like, maybe a pinch of powder is all it's needed. You know, maybe I can do it this way. Maybe I can, you, you kind of develop the skill over time of knowing all right, I don't need to be putting down a gallon of powder in order to get what I need to do. I've, you know, people, I mean, I remember, I remember, you know, people come in, there was a period of time where people were mailing powders right after the anthrax scare and just causing yeah, even yeah, more yeah. panic because yeah. they had no idea what right. they were doing. And so they were just dumping powders in envelopes and people were like, what the hell is this? And panicking, and then it's like, oh, it's just organic stuff. Is that even anthrax? But it's because they don't know what they were doing. They were just like dumping. Right. I'm like, that's not. You're not doing this right, honey. You just sprinkle a little <laughs> bit on the back. You pray over it. You flick off the excess. Nobody has to know. If you do it well, it's the whole point of the sneaky trick. No one right. will know. No one will open up your package because they're like, why is there? you know, powder in here. Did someone put baby powder in this envelope? So there's a level of, like, ex- that, that experience plays into it. But much of this anxiety comes from kind of two places, as you were, as you both are really kind of pinpointing here. One is an attempt to kind of force things, right? Don't force spells. If there's resistance, pause and take stock, right? Um, mm-hmm. We talked about graveyards. I had a client who went to go bury something in a graveyard, and it, it could not buried because they, the dirt was too hard. They were trying and trying mm-hmm. and trying. I'm like, that's a, the spirit is saying no, don't leave this with me. I don't want this. The other right. is mm-hmm. anxiety about being caught. Both of these are kind of different approaches or different kind of fears, either the forcing of something or the fear of getting caught. And both of them can be very you know, core issues when it comes to things going wrong. You're either forcing I want to I want to jump in with yeah, something. Yeah. And we've been talking we've been talking about take it easy. Oh, I, I'm, yeah. I'm we've been talking about take it easy, relax, let it be. But there are a couple of things in hoodoo that are absolute dead ends. One of them is don't let your oh, mojo yeah. be seen or touched. Uh, so people yeah. say, well, uh, somebody saw my mojo. Okay, it's that's it. Okay, get a new one or take oh, out yeah. all the hard things and remake it. 
Read the Art of Making Mojo. Yeah. It'll tell you how to remake it. It'll tell you what to do. Yep. The other one, so common, my mojo fell into the toilet. Uh-oh. Um, oh, yeah. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't even remake that one because I would take that as a sign. You know, I made a mojo for luck, and boom, my mojo somehow when I was, it just went, it's just in the toilet. I'd flush it. Mm-hmm. I really would. I, that mojo was done. And so make another. And sometimes you do have to give up. Um, another one is, you know, I had my mojo and I put it in my nightstand drawer and then my husband or my boyfriend or my roommate came in, opened the drawer looking mm-hmm. for the toenail clippers and they got it's the mojo, the mojo. and they're tearing around the room and I say, what is this? I, you know, mm-hmm. I would say, well, that oh, mojo yeah. is done. I, you know, now you might be yeah. able to salvage a little John the Conqueror root or a little something that was hard and have it remade. But generally speaking, that's a sign. Number one, it's mm-hmm. a sign if you drop it in the toilet, you're a careless spellcaster. Number two, if yeah. your roommate or lover or husband comes looking for the toenail clippers and finds your mojo, you're a sloppy worker because you left your mojo where they can mm-hmm. find it. Right. right and right, then right. Num- number three is don't play it cheap. You know, you got to get a yeah. new mojo. Sorry, yeah. you know, you blew yeah. it. It's just as if you had, yeah. you know, dropped that glass vase and to replace it would cost $32. Well, there you go. That's, yeah. You know, you got to replace you pay, it. You pay, you pay the $32. There are some things that cannot be fixed. <laughs> yeah. Miss Lady Muse, you were, you were I, trying to say something earlier. I was mm-hmm. going to um, reiterate on the graveyard scene when you were talking about how, you know, the anxiety of being caught. And, you know, if you go there and you're looking around to see who's looking at you, you're going to get caught. Go there and focus on what you have to do. Don't stand there looking around because you're looking suspicious. You're drawing attention to yourself. Spread a blanket as if you were uh, having, you know, conversation with a loved one. And and be be discreet and you'll be fine. I just wanted to hit on that when you guys were talking about that graveyard situation. (laughs) Right, you're absolutely right. (laughs) Miss Cat, you mentioned mojo bags, and and that's absolutely true. And I think there's a place here to note that, there's times when you're trying to force something and you need to take stock. Okay, I'm meeting resistance. Mm-hmm. There's times when um, you're, you know, you're afraid of getting caught and so your anxiety plays. But there are times when it is, as you rightly know, a true violation of some sort happens, right? That there's something mm-hmm. that ha- that goes wrong, and it's and it is very clear with mojo bags. But you can apply that law, that uh, principle, to other forms of magic as well. If you're doing love work on somebody and that person discovers your love work and throws it away that tells you something right they show up they right. see right. candles going or they've got doll babies and they see all that and they go nope this is going in the trash and they toss it okay that's a sign that's mm-hmm. a it's not you know mm-hmm. mojo back killed but it is killed that spell they brought it right. to an end um and that should be a warning but okay this is a problem. Same thing. If you're cursing your roommate and your roommate comes in and sees all, the, all, the, all of that and dumps it out, okay, that should be a warning. Your roommate is resisting. Your roommate has defenses. Mm-hmm. Your roommate has some protection. And that particular mm-hmm. spell failed. So there are examples of spells failing, not just from your own, you know, miscalculations or your own inexperience mm-hmm. or your own anxieties, but outside forces can intervene to cause a spell to fail. And as a root worker, you should note that. Now, that doesn't mean your cause is hopeless, but it does mean you need to take stock again, do a divination, you know, reach out for that pendulum, ask the question, okay, what do I do from here? 
And maybe the answer is, okay, hold off a little bit. Or maybe the answer is, you shouldn't be setting up an altar when this person is living in your house. You should be laying out powders, right? You need to adjust mm -hmm. um, by recognizing that that way that you came at it, you met up with a dead wall, with a dead end, a wall. Now you've got to figure out a way around that wall. And I think this is important. So I wanted to ask this cat, in addition to kind of, uh, you know, running into these kind of dead walls, are there other very clear signs that the spell has failed? Not because you, you know, because of your anxiety or whatnot, but what are clear, like, okay, I've got to stop and rethink what I'm doing here or have to acknowledge this sign is an indication that the magic or the spell has failed. We've seen it with mojo bags. Are there other examples? Well, I'll, yeah, I'll give you a, a, um, a couple of signs. First of all, the spells can fail from within your work. You know, the candle goes out yeah. or the glass breaks or the, you know, the offering gets amped. That's from within your work. And as you wisely pointed out, the spell can fail because the person you're working on literally stops it in process. Mm -hmm. As an example, some you, you you prepare candlesticks and you've loaded them from below with all sorts of love herbs. It's all hidden by the felt at the bottom of the candlestick. You've dressed the things. You've got the candlelit dinner and the and the guy comes in and he says, Jesus Christ, you have to keep these fucking candles going? And he licks his finger and puts them out. Oh, well, yeah. you know, oh, my goodness. <laughs> That's a sign, you know. Yeah. Um, yes, it is. And uh, so when when something comes to an abrupt halt, if it's from without, I take it with mm -hmm. a great deal of advisement. I go, okay, the person I'm working on, for instance, I'm putting together a honey spell. And, oh, I'm not going to speak for myself, but let's say I'm putting together a honey spell for someone. And this gal is on the phone with me. Uh, every other day she's calling me about, are you doing this work for me? I'm making the honey spell. All of a sudden I get a call while I am assembling the honey spell for her with the personal concerns that she sent to me. And she goes, oh, my God, don't do it. He just showed up here at the house. He's screaming. He's taking his clothes out. She Ooh, goes, your honey yeah. spell didn't work. Well, actually, I hadn't finished making the honey spell. I was making it, but the assemblage <laughs> of it, was equivalent to the honey jar breaking because the whole apartment yes. breaking apart as he's taking his stuff mm -hmm. out the door. So, yeah. so bad signs from without, failure signs from without that literally involve the person you're working on, very easy to assess, just stop the work. The problem is when those signs are more uh, what we might call psychic omens or spiritual signs or signs from nature, for instance, again, you're doing a love spell on the guy, and you walk outside, mm -hmm. and a bird poops on your head. Well, what mm -hmm. does that mean? Um, right. That's not a very good sign, generally speaking. That's a bad sign. So that might mm -hmm. be a sign from without, but, oh, my God, I'm going to wash it out. I'm going to go on and you're going to wash my hair, and it'll all be fine. It'll be fine. I promise it'll be No, it won't be. That's a, that's a pretty definite sign. So how about you go mm -hmm. outside, and, you know, you're working on a spell for Johnny, and... Um, you see, you know, you're driving along in the in the car, and you stop at a stoplight, and you look to the right, and there's a big graffiti, and it says, Johnny sucks ass. Mm. Right there, giant, mm -hmm. you know, giant graffiti on the wall. And you go, yes. oh, is that, is that my Johnny or another Johnny? No, you ought to really take that seriously. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah. those, those are external signs of failure that don't necessarily involve the person, but they are pretty sharp. Now, Mm -hmm. That 
is a, a, a kind of an idea that when you see a spell failing like that, you ought to just stop and recollect yourself and say, why am I working for this? What do I want? Maybe mm-hmm. throw some cards. Maybe use a pendulum. Maybe use a crystal ball. Sit in meditation. Sit in silence and say, signs are against me. Can I try again later? Mm-hmm. Because you always can try again later. Now, one of the things that I use is what's called uh, an old an old aphorism. What I tell you three times is true. And that means that if some sign or type of sign is repeated three times, I believe that I'm getting a message that is true. If mm-hmm. the bird craps on your head and you see Johnny sucks ass on the graffiti and you go home and there's a message on your phone and it's like, pick up the phone, you pick up the phone. I told you, fuck it, pick up the phone. And that's Johnny's voice. Right. That's your three signs right there. Um, put the candles out with respect. Um, disassemble everything on the altar. Say a prayer for the soul of Johnny and move on. Um, right. So three, three times is you know three negative signs to me is a is some a serious consideration. Yes. Yeah, that's re- really good. I love that. We're not just talking about this person directly interfering, but there are very clear indications that there will be outside signs that say hold on a minute. So again, be mm-hmm. mindful, mm-hmm. be aware of the you know that you're working in a particular way, and people will respond. You know, if someone starts getting angry at you just because you're starting a honey jar, hmm, that's a sign. That's a sign and a pretty yeah. big one. Uh, how, about, how about you, Lydia? Is there any signs for you? She got one more. Go ahead, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I've got to just that's say something. Okay. There's another part to this. Yeah, yeah. And that is there are so many people come to the forum and say, mm-hmm. I lit the candle on the honey jar and I prayed. And then we went out, and we have this horrible screaming fight. Is it true that things get be- worse before they get better? Oh, and my yes. answer oh, is, that's ooh, good no. That's a good one. That no. is a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> and I have found that, again, I'm not speaking, like, just speaking generally, more mm-hmm. often than not, they were told that by some cheap jack psychic reader faker who wants to sell them more candles and stuff. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They go to the they go to the the candle shop or the botanica and they say, "Well, so and so, you know, it, it you know, he, we went out and he was screaming at me and it, you know, and then the, then the lady says, as usually a lady, "Well, you know, dear, it's just like a fever. It has to break so it'll get worse before oh, yeah. it gets better." No. Here, have no, another candle. No, no, no. Right. Oh, yeah. right. So I always ask them, who told you that, that things get worse right. before they get better? Nine times out of ten, it was a reader or root worker who wanted money from them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's a, I mean, it's also I mean, right there in in the work that we do. If you're putting someone in a honey jar and they get angry at you, that's not things getting worse before they get better. Honey doesn't make you angry, mm-hmm. right? That's not things mm-hmm. getting worse. This is a this is a mm-hmm. really really good point there. Um, I wanted to to give you a chance, Lady Muse. What are some for you? I mean, Captain brought some fantastic signs. What for you what? is a clear sign? Nope, that's a no go. Stop. Turn, you know, go skip. Move on. 
Well, you know, I, there's a, I'm, I, I like to strategize. So, and I'm very consistent. Yeah. Actually, I say persistent with, uh, persistent with, with my work. So it's kind of hard to say for me, uh, for me to say a no go because I'm constantly mm-hmm. trying to figure out a way. Okay, by strategizing, mm-hmm. come at it from a different angle. But I wanted to talk about what Miss Cat was just saying because that makes a lot of sense. It is true, you know, um, that uh, uh, if the person is mad, they already mad before you started the honey jar. So if that that anger is not taken care of, how do you expect the honey jar to work? You know, the negativity mm. has to be removed. What what made the person angry? Is it you that made the person angry? Did you do something to the person to make the person angry? There's a lot of factors involved. So I do, you know, agree that if, if you know, that has to be taken care of, it's not going to get worse before it gets better. It was already bad. You understand? So I think that, <laughs> that we, have to, we have to, it was already bad. So, you know, we have to be it was already bad. The client. It was, yeah. It, he was, he's already yeah, it was already okay, bad, but you didn't notice it. it. No, mm-hmm. they noticed it. it he's, mm-hmm. he's, he's been doing this for a long time, okay? So they or she's been right. doing this for a long time, whoever it is, you know. So if that the, if the problem is not resolved, the honey the honey jar is to make the person sweeten, is to to soften up the situation. But who can put uh, sweet on top of sour? You know, so the, the sour has to be removed first. So I think that's where yeah. a lot of people get confused, you know, yeah. and they don't they don't really yeah. know. And then right, sometimes right. root workers and readers they, they I'm gonna hurry up. I hear you kind of man. I hear you. <laughs> I no, no, no. They, they, they have to understand, you know, let the client know, hey, he's an asshole. He's been an asshole. He's probably gonna be an asshole for a very long time. You know, <laughs> get that situation situated first. <laughs> we've reached the end here, but I think this was such a fantastic topic. Um, we'll just end with one real brief note. One, your closest family members are also people who will give you signs. The people who are close to you, out of the mouth of babes, they say, pay attention to that. If you're doing a love spell and your mom goes, I really hate that guy, that should be a sign for you. So we're going to end it there. Thank you, Ms. Cat, for such a wonderful uh, topic. We I mean, we went over uh, our, our usually allotted time, so it was really fun to have this conversation. Uh, and we look forward to you coming back and telling us how to deal with this problem at the end of your free spell. We're going to turn this over to Papa right. Newt, who's going to lead us on to our callers. Support for this programming is provided by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and located online at luckymojo.com. And by the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, AIR, a directory of ethical and authentic conjure practitioners located online at readersandrootworkers.org. And by the Crystal Silence League, a free online prayer service of the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches located online at crystalsilenceleague.org. Now it's time to go to the phones and take our caller. And we have our caller calling in from area code 707 in Sonoma County. This is Diana. Diana, are you there? Oh. Ali, do we have Diana? Diana. Hi. Diana? Oh, how are you? There you are. Hi, how are you? Great. How are you guys? I'm doing quite well. Thank you. Uh, Welcome to the show. Now, I see that you are a longtime listener, and you've been uh, now joining us in the chat room. You've also had a number of in-person readings with Ms. Kat, um, and... 
and you have not gone to any other readers and root workers on this particular situation. Is that correct? Yes. All right. Diana writes, my partner has an 18-month son that he's always trying to see. The child's mother keeps throwing up excuses to why she and the baby can't meet with him. He signed over physical custody a, a year ago, but it has never uh, intended on his end to be, permanent, uh, to be permanent. Is it time to bring up the custody issue yet, or is, it, uh, is the timing wrong? She has more financial resources than he does. We are concerned that her attorney may bring up his substance abuse treatment uh, from the past. That's why he, he hasn't reopened the custody uh, discussion. Additionally, whenever he has, she's got a knee-jerk reaction. Now, turn back to you, Congressman mm-hmm. Ali. Thanks, Baba New. I will be doing the uh, first reading, followed by uh, Miss Cat, who's going to do our second reading as our guest. And then we're going to have Lady Muse come in and give you some root work recommendations on what can be done in your situation. So I'll go first here. And the cards that I have indicate that the time is not right now, but that doesn't mean you have to uh, give up. The very first card that we have is the Hanged Man. The Hanged Man is an individual who has been hung upside down, arms bound. Uh, they have a halo around their head. Uh, in, in the old kind of interpretation of the card, this was the card of the betrayer or the one that gets betrayed. Um, both interpretations are laden within the card itself. So it is an indication that right now the situation is actually a little bit blocked and where uh, your partner is right now is not particularly ideal for this, for moving forward, um, especially because it does look like she will bring up his past. She will bring up uh, this this situation of sinner versus saint. That's going to play a big role, and she's going to use it as a sort of uh, a weapon uh, against him. So the hanged man is an indication that he's not quite in the place where he can address this yet. Uh, he hasn't quite um, he's not quite there. She's going to throw stuff at him regardless once you get started, but the timing isn't quite right. He's not in a strong place to defend himself from those accusations. He's not in a strong place to be able to put up a good fight. Uh, We see this confirmed with the next card, which is the present. That is the Four of Swords. This is a situation that has been put to rest. It is a sarcophagus uh, that has uh, swords, uh, three that are hanging above, and one on the sarcophagus itself. But as Ms. Cat always points out about this card, is that the sarcophagus is not fully closed, which is an indication that uh, there is an opportunity, not quite yet, though. So the door isn't closed. He doesn't have to give up. He doesn't have to say, oh, that's it. I'm never going to have custody of my child again. But he does have to bide his time. Uh, he has to wait until the right moment, and then he has to resort to spiritual work in order to revive the situation and resurrect it. It will require aid. It will require uh, help from an outside source in order to assist Uh, your partner here. And we see this in the form of the Queen of Wands. You're going to need a powerful witch, a powerful sorceress, a powerful root woman who will aid you, a person who has a very strong connection to the earth and the land with roots and herbs, who will be able to give you some type of talisman uh, for him to carry. Uh, We see this in the flower that the Queen of Wands has. She's going to give this to the person, so some type of mojo bag or something, uh, while she backs up the work with strong 
uh, candles, queen of wands. Uh, this is a woman who uh, can back up the mojo bag that she gives, the talisman that she gives, with the lighting of candles and prayers from afar. So a strong woman, older woman, someone who has a child herself uh, and can help in this manner. This is going to be a roots woman, um, and she's the person you're going to reach out to. This person uh, might very well be Miss Cat. Uh, we see cats very clearly in the queen of wands. You can call upon her as a sort of magical coach to make a mojo bag on your behalf um, and, you know, to also light candles with Missionary Independent to back that up. Usually I associate the Queen of Pentacles uh, with Miss Cat, but the lions on her throne and the cat in this card really jumped out at me right now. So that's someone to consider. Mm -hmm. But uh, this is a person who can do a combination of root magic and fire magic together, and that's what's really going uh, to help you. And you say, oh, you have a child and you're older too. Excellent. Um, but you are going to require uh, kind of a combination of help here. He's not going to be able to do it on his own. So you can act as the guide for him, and in turn you can have a guide yourself who I think will be useful in this matter. Now timing-wise, it tells me that you're probably going to have to wait about roughly a year to probably about summer of next year or early fall of next year before you can bring this up. So you're going to, oh, she's a Leo too. Perfect. Fire sign. So you're going to need uh, to wait a little bit of patience. It's not easy. It's very difficult given that, you know, that this child, he wants to see it. And this person is using that child in a way to weaponize, uh, you know, the, the pain, uh, but also to exert her own dominance here. So it's not easy. Uh, but a year is, is where I'm seeing with these cards, probably around summer of next year, early fall. That's when the timing will be just right, and you'll be able to strike. It will not be an easy uh, path forward. It will be difficult, but with magical work, the case can be revived, and you can have a strong chance at this. This is what I, I see here. I'm going to turn this over to Miss Cat, who's going to do your next reading, and then we'll have Lady Muse give you some root work recommendation. Thank you. Okay. Um, that's just very interesting that you are a Leo because the Queen of Wands is the lady on the lion throne. And, um, oh, yeah. And, and you, I happen to know, uh, Ali, I happen to know this caller. And uh, she is a student of my Hoodoo Rupert Correspondence course. Oh, I believe that. I believe the year you spend studying these 52 weekly <laughs> lessons you don't need to take a whole year at it, but it's assigned as a year. That will bring you to the strength to be that queen of wands. Now, for the cards I got were similar, a little different. First card I got was the lovers. Now, that sounds like it's kind of totally off track, but it's about this person and you developing a strong love bond first. Um, the person, and I have to ask you, is this the person that I met Yes, that's him. Okay, yeah, that's, just that's my partner. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, well, I didn't know for sure, just checking. So this is a card the lover shows the two of you bonded very strongly with an angel watching overhead. And that angel is Uriel, the angel of light, poetry, art, and creative forces. You will do well during this time of waiting to bond and strengthen one another and to make your bond between the two of you unshakable. It doesn't mean that you have to be the guide or the um, the one who makes it all happen for him, but you need to work on strength, okay? 
This car okay. shows a bit of restraint, too, because there is a volcano behind Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, and the volcano is not exploding. So not yet time to do anything, not yet time to explode. Oh, yeah. the, the, it's a card of, of um, love, but it is uh, held within bounds, we might say. Um, the next card is another card of love, and that is the Two of Cups which has a lion overhead in the sky. So this shows a wise woman dressed in white and blue with a Mm. crown of bay laurel leaves, um, handing her cup, golden goblet, to a man uh, with great solemnity, and he is reaching to receive it, and he is holding his cup. It's a tense little moment because we don't know yet whether he's going to give his heart completely to her. Um, He is dressed much more in carefree carefree sort of fool type clothes, red roses, he's got leaves and things, pirate boots. This can point to his former life, which needs a little bit of uh, solemnity added. This card is called the betrothal, but not yet the marriage. The mercury symbol is uh, behind them in the form of the twined snakes, which stands for healing. It's the sign of a doctor, but it also looks like the symbol for mercury. Communication and healing through talk and speech, and then above that, the winged lion, and that is sexual healing. So these are things that the two of you should undertake together. You are going to be very important in this, in other words. First there comes the, you know, the, the basic love, then comes this communication. The third card is justice. And justice oh, says nice. probably a lawyer will be necessary in addition to magic spells. Probably mm-hmm, this mm-hmm. will go before a court or a mediator, family court of some mm-hmm. kind. You must be prepared. And Justice is a woman with a, a crown, and she's sitting on a throne, and she has her sword upright, and she is not um, attacking or hurting anyone. She has a balance beam scale that is perfectly balanced. And this is a sign that you must not pursue humiliate or damage that woman in any way, but only seek true, fair justice. In other words, do not sue for total custody. You, it, that's not fair. Right. Do what is fair. Yeah. Do, you know, okay. it, whatever, if, if, if it can be joint custody in the same school district, so much the better. If it cannot be, mm-hmm. try to take a a standpoint that allows for weekends and summer vacations. But this card says don't ask for too much because you will only be given what is fair. And you will do well to have a lawyer um, as well as any magical work. But what I'm getting here is that you may be the one who does the magical work. He cannot untie himself, the hangman. But the queen of wands certainly can do the work. Okay. Okay. So that is great. Thank my, you. My take on it. Thank, Thank you, you for so that much. reading, Ms. Gett. That was a uh, that was fantastic and and really added a lot to bring this picture really fully to us. Uh, we're going to turn this over to uh, Lady Muse, who's going to give us some root work recommendation. What's some things that she can do? Uh, we all kind of seen that maybe it's going to take about a year before she can really strike, but there are some things that she can prepare. There are some things she can start now. 
Um, and then also some maybe some root work that you can uh, keep sort of on the back burner, prepared so that you can start once next year comes about, you can start doing that work as well. So maybe kind of a, um, two different root works or whichever you think is best, but we're going to turn this over to you. Well, hello, Diana. How are you? Hi, I'm well. Thank you. You know, I I will say I am not a Leo. However, the the lion is one of my totem animals, so I would take that as a sign. So, and welcome Ooh. to the family. <laughs> and, wow. <laughs> uh, you are a student of Miss Katz. Welcome to the family, sweetheart. Okay. So feel free to call me anytime. So now you got a pen hand. Here we go. As Spirit <clears throat> was giving me this this uh this ritual i was i was praying i was like lord i really hope i'm not this is not overkill but this is perfect because you're a student so i feel a lot better with it this is a sign okay so what we're going to do is a ritual that's going to go over the course of nine days this is something that you can hit once a month as the readings that miss cat and, and Conjurman ali gave you which were excellent readings it the timing is really not right to petition the courts at this time so and it's something because that spirit was giving me this remedy okay it, this is to help prepare for the time when he's ready okay so one thing i want you to uh make sure is that he has all his i's dotted and t's crossed okay because i was mm-hmm. uh, uh noticing about the the substance abuse the things of these these of this nature that you guys are afraid of her bringing up so make sure he's taking the classes make sure he has the certificate make sure he has the letters of recommendation okay all of these mm-hmm. things the eyes dotted and, and able to provide shelter and stability for the baby have his eyes dotted and T's cross okay now for the root okay. work first you're going to start off with a cleansing and a crossing bath for him okay you could get that at lucky mojo all right, and then you're going to get, you're going to, we're going to do skull candles for this one. You're going to utilize three skull candles. So three, every month you'll be getting three skull candles, a white one that's going to represent himself, okay, a black one for the opponent and the opponent's attorney, all right, and then a brown one for the judge, whoever's going to preside over the case and make the decision, okay? Now, if you don't know the names of all these individuals, write the description of it. For example, the judge presiding over the case and those decision makers. That's what you want to put on your petition if you don't know the exact name, okay? Now, for his self, the white candle, This is what you're going to use, deer's tongue, for eloquent speech, okay, when he talks to the judge. Solomon's seal root, so that he would have wisdom in what to say and what not to say, okay, because you don't want to, he doesn't want to trash the mother, you understand, because judges frown on things like that. They want families to be happy and come to an agreement, okay, so that's what the Solomon seal root, crucible of courage. A lot of people are afraid to go to court. They're afraid to stand before the judge, so we want him to have some some courage. We want him to have courage. Use that crucible of courage oil. These things you can find in Lucky Mojo and John the Conqueror root. Now, these things you're going to, the roots and the herbs, you're going to make down into like a little powder sprinkle so that you can put on top of the skull candle. Remember, we're using three skull candles, okay? And if I'm going too fast, say, Lady Muse, slow down, okay? Now, for the black candle, which is the opponent, okay, and the opponent's attorney, now we want to shut them up. We don't want them talking about negative stuff. We don't want them continuously bringing these things up. So we have to shut that down. The slippery embark will help stop the gossip. The alum will dry up the 
tongue every time they go to speak something negative. And then the red pepper to get rid of the negative uh, talk and things that are in the air as far as his past. That is what you're going to mix together. You could use a mortar on pedestal, mix it together, and it down fine, put it on the black <clears throat> skull candle. All right? You ready? The next one? Yep. Brown for the judge in charge of make the decision-making. You're going to use the dill seeds, uh, the dill uh, herb. You're going to use little John the chew and honey. So, you, of course, you want to put your honey on it first, get your little brush, and lightly brush the candle with honey, and then um, sprinkle the dill. And, and you might have to, if you don't have little John the chew powder, you might have to, you know, uh, break off a little piece and, you know, uh, Grind it down with the mortar and pedestal to make that fine, make it fine so that it can go on top of the candle. Now, a lot of people may say that, well, if you put honey on the skull candle, it'll, it'll have a slow burn. That's okay because what we're trying to do, we're sweetening up the judge. We want to get in the judge head. We're sweetening up the judge so that the judge can see that this, your, your sweetheart has, has changed and has grown. Okay, and, and, and wants to be involved right. in the baby's life, which is a good thing. So this is what you're going to run for nine days. This three-candle skull candle run for nine days. You can do this on Sunday, working with the hour of the sun, okay? Sunday is for success mm. of all kinds, and that way you can't go wrong, okay? Working in the hour of the sun, there's a website called, uh, uh, if you type in Planetary Hour Calculator, you should be able to put in your location, and then it'll let you know the exact planetary hour that you're in, okay? You might, you might want to steer clear of the void, of course, okay? And you can do this for up to a year. Every month, do it. It's, it's, you're creating layers. We talked about this contraband the, the other day, remember? Layers. Creating mm-hmm. layers um, to push this energy in, uh, in the positive direction of that you want it to go. you have any questions, sweetheart? Um, yeah, so do I just burn them all at the same time, nine all days at the straight. Same time. All at the same time, okay, nine then, days straight. Right. So a little bit because you know they'll it. Hold on, they'll burn out in one day, depending on the size of the skull candle. Okay. So this is definitely something that you have to watch. You want to burn a little bit. Okay. Each day. Okay. Okay. And then all right. All right. Thank you. And I, I've got, mm-hmm. I've got one thing. I just would like to add. Put a little Damian, uh, not not Damian, I'm sorry, deer tongue on that brown one. Oh, yeah, yeah. that's fantastic. Thank you. We, we have reached the, the end here. Thank you very much, Diana, for entrusting us with your situation. We wish you all the best. Those were some fantastic, fantastic workings given by uh, Lady Muse, and I love the idea of adding a little bit of deer's tongue and a layer approach. Fantastic. We wish you best in your in your uh, situation and hope you have success uh, in a year's time. We're going to take a quick break for a network announcement, and we are going to return back with our free spell. The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ollie, Sundays, 3 to 4.30, the Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays, 5 to 6, Blue Flag Root Radio with Lady Muse, Fridays, 4 to 5, and The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix Le Fay, Fridays, 6 to 7, all time specific, Add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. 
And now it's time for our free spell segment with Catherine Ironwood of LuckyMojo.com in Forestville, California. <laughs> Take it away, Miss Cat. Hi, thank you, Papa Newt. Well, I'm not going to exactly give you a, a spell this time, but I'm going to give you things to do when spells go wrong. Now, we talked about a lot of different ways they can go wrong, and I am not talking about a spell that suffers a hard shutdown, no from God, no from the universe, no from the person who you're working on. I'm talking about a spell that goes wrong because the cat knocked the water glass off the table. The cat knocked the wine glass into the candle, which put the candle out all over the altar, right? I'm talking about the uh, glass that breaks, the the candle that breaks, something like that um, that is from within the spell rather than from outside the spell. So um, there are really two things you can do. If it is something as simple as a... Um, a word you forgot in saying a prayer that you had thought you had memorized, or if it is you literally stumbled and fell against the altar and shook the altar and things dropped and you have to pick them up again, you need to only do what um, a Ali right before we started the show called a soft reset. And I love that. <laughs> Ali. I'm going to use that in print someday. The soft reset. That is really where you're going to simply um, – you know, like uh, force quit the program and start the program again. <laughs> so um, you will stop and right where you are, just stop, close your eyes, put your hands into a prayerful position and say mm. to the universe or to however you address to God, to goddess, to whatever, say, um, uh, let me collect my thoughts. Turn around three times. Some people say turn counterclockwise or Wittershin. Some people say turn clockwise or with with the sun. I don't care. Just turn three times around and um, and then look at the mess, clean it up, and, and um, start over again. In cleaning up the mess, I like to use Chinese wash um, with, um, you know, uh, in water. It, or if it's just a little mess, just a little Van Van oil floated on water, clean things up. If things are broken and they can wait, like a glass was knocked off by the cat, pick up all the pieces of the glass in a cloth or paper napkin, set them aside, put a little ban-ban oil on it to seal it and keep it and just set it there. You don't have to go through throwing it out in the trash and all that. Just wait. Get it done right where you are. That's the soft reset. Um, one, one person I know told me that um, in dealing with group rituals, um, she and her coven of uh, witches had developed the word coyote, which means, uh, you know, a trickster or something out of the ordinary. Mm. And when somebody dropped something, they would just say, coyote, and then they would just keep going. That's a good soft reset <laughs> if, if it appeals to you. I kind of like it. Um, but uh, sometimes I will say something like, you know, um, uh, I, you know I speak, if my words have, have been wrong, I speak from my heart or something like that, you know. Um, mm -hmm. I don't curse. Please do not curse. Don't curse the cat. Don't curse the wind. Yeah. Don't curse, you know, the the uh, snow that blew in through your bedroom window and put the lights out. That's not appropriate. Now, if you do something that is really, really messed up, like way too messed up, like let's say, God forbid, your altar catches on fire, 
You cannot go to a soft reset. That's what Kanjamanali called a hard reset. You need to not just turn off the application. You need to shut down the computer, maybe unplug it from the wall and count 30 <laughs> seconds, plug it back into the wall, power up again. It's really, and I know that that's just a metaphor, but you understand what I'm saying. That means a complete oh, yeah. tear down of the altar. You're going yeah. to need to um, literally tear it down to the bricks. Take off the altar cloth. Mm-hmm. Is it burned? Does it have to be uh, disposed of? Um, can it be repaired? Sometimes a repaired altar cloth is pretty if you can put a good patch on it. Um, you know, is, the, is, are, is anything cracked and broken? Should those cracked and broken things be buried? Should they be just thrown in the trash? It's up to you how you think it. If a statue falls and breaks, oh, my God, that's really a bad sign. You know, you have a statue of St. Anthony to bring back your loved one, and the statue fell over, and now his head is off, right? Uh, Don't just Mm. throw his head back on. It probably isn't going to be good enough. Um, You can throw his head back on and give it to the goodwill, and they may find a home for it, but that statue is not working for you. So when something really seriously breaks, yeah, you can fix it. I've I've done some I've glued some heads back on some Saint Anthony's, but you know mm-hmm. they never work as well as they did before. Mm-hmm. So you really want to tear it down again. Wash the space with Chinese wash or Van Van oil and water, and then mm-hmm. um, you know make sure that you rededicate it just the way you would rededicate an uh, to dedicate an altar originally. So you can mm-hmm. look at the book Hoodoo Shrines and Altars by. Miss Phoenix Lafay. It's a great book. It did a lot of uh, traditional altar setups from the 1930s, as Reverend Harry Hyatt, the folklorist, um, interviewed people and what their uh, altars were like. It also gives more modern styles of altars and um, altars of all different types. And I really think that book will guide you to setting up your altar and may teach you some things about what was wrong about your mm-hmm. altar in the first place. Um, mm-hmm. When you rebuild the altar, you want to do that from from a start, and then just start with a simple candle on that altar, a simple candle of praise, a candle mm-hmm. of devotion, and don't go right back to the spell. Do not go back back to the spell. Yeah. This is not one where you yeah. can turn around three times and pick up. Burn that candle. Yeah. Make an offering to your deity if you have one, or to ancestors, or however you do, and then wait at least a day, sleep on it, and then come back and start the work again. So that is the hard reset, the way to really do it if you find it has to be done over again. I love this. I love this. And to lean heavily on the metaphor of of cooking again, if you mess up when you're cooking, you don't just go, okay, I'm going to use the same bowl. I'm going to use, especially if you've burnt something, right? You now carry that taste over. You clean. So this Soft reset, hard reset is fantastic. I love it. I should say that one of my favorite um, hard re- or soft resets is just spritzing uh, Van Van water on your hands and then just flicking your hands away. Mm-hmm. Really good kind of quick, short, soft reset. But thank you for both of these. These are really, really good. And I love that people can approach it in a way where they can go, okay, this is a soft reset. I'm going to clean, I'm gonna, but I'm going to continue forward. And then they go, okay, this is a little bit more serious. This is a little bit more of a hard reset or, or a more serious type of cleansing. But they're able to kind of see where or take stock of where things are at. So thank you for that, Miss um, Kat. That was a fantastic, fantastic uh, free spell. Uh, before we turn this over to Papa Newt, just a quick thank you to everyone who joined us. 
uh, today. Uh, thank you, Ms. Kat, for being our guest. This was so much fun uh, being able to kind of uh, discuss with you. It was such a great panel. And thank you, Lady Muse, for stepping in to Ms. Kat's shoes and being our guest co-host. You are always a blast to have on. We're going to turn this over to Papa New, our stalwart guide and leader through this entire show. Thank you, Conjurman Ali. Thank you, Lady Muse, for being our special co-host. And thank you, Catherine Ironwood of LuckyMojo.com in Forestville, California, for being our guest this week. We invite you to join us next week when our special guest from the Association of Independent Readers and Rootworkers will be Madam Nadia of MadamNadia.com in Chicago, Illinois, bringing us the topic on moon magic. Once again, we come to an end of another Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California. You can find Conjurman Ali at theconjurman.com in Mission Bay Hill, California, and Lady Muse at thehouseofselfempowerment.com in Victorville, California. I'm your announcer, Papa New, joining you from papanew.com in Omaha, Nebraska. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rubric Hour can be heard every week live on Blog Talk Radio at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, and the shows are available in archive via luckymojo.com slash radioshow.html. For all of us at Lucky Mojo, I'd like to say thank you for being here and invite you to tune in once again next week at the same time when you'll hear the familiar strains of the Memphis Doug Band playing the Doug Band Waltz. Thanks, everybody. Goodbye. Thanks, Papa Nuke. Couldn't do this show without you. Uh, just a quick, some quick shout-outs before we go. Doc Murphy, Diana Luminaria, Miss Athena, uh, Miss Michael. Um, thank you all for being uh, a wonderful, wonderful Tony I for being wonderful, steady followers and, and joining us in the chat room live every day. Be sure to check out the House of Empowerment, November 1st to November 3rd, where you get a chance to meet all your favorites. That's it for us this week. See you all next week. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.